Yeah, the, like we'll look at like the trending tools exactly, and if they're trend, if they seem to be trending up, even if there's like no search volume or historical data on the search volume right now, we'll try that post out. Yeah, for sure. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. And welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today, my guest is Greg Dignio. I hope I said that right. I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name this time. It's Dineo. You're close. Everybody calls me Dignio, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Greg Dineo is the founder of Content Guppy, which is a marketing agency that specializes in creating SEO content that will turn your blog into your company's biggest lead gen channel. And today we're going to talk about eight content frameworks that are effective at converting visitors into customers. So Greg, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Content Guppy? Yeah, sure. So we basically create uh, content, we promote the content, and then we rank the content. And so that way it drives uh, traffic to your to your site month over month and, the, and then hopefully converts uh, the, that traffic into leads and eventually sales. And that's pretty much the essence of what we do. Nice. So what are the eight content frameworks that are effective at converting visitors into customers? All right. Let me see if I can re- remember all of them right, right off the bat. So, so how about how about I kind of give a brief description of what each one is as I'm going through? <laughs> sure. So, uh, what, so a couple of my favorites. One, the first, my favorite one is a an, it's what's called an alternatives post. And what that is is you're going to list your uh, competitors like an alter- like your competitors' alternatives. So, for instance, I, I was working at a company called Time Doctor, and one of our competitors was a company called Toggle. So, we created a post called uh, Toggle Alternatives, and we built, built links to it, and we ranked number one or two for that post. And uh, everybody who was looking for a Toggle alternative came to our site and saw you know Time Doctor on the list. And uh, it's a really great uh, framework because people are highly motivated to buy something or to buy your product or service. So that's what I really like about it. Second framework is best category post. So, you know, this would be something like whatever your category is, best time tracking software posts, best accounting software posts, best content marketing agencies. So just a list post of, of the quote unquote best in your, in your category and people who are searching for, you know, the content marketing agencies or time tracking softwares are going to come across your content and uh, get onto your site from there. Third one is a, is what I call like a one-on-one list post. And this is a ton of work. It's designed to impress people. Really? Nobody reads all these things, but basically it's a list of 101 things. And let me explain. You could have a list of 101 email marketing software or 101 magnets, something along those lines, like examples, but just make it a huge list of 101 things. It's going to get a ton of traffic. But again, it's just designed to impress people and catch their eye when they're saying like, oh, wow, I didn't even know there was 101 ways to do that or 101 of those things. Next one is a tips post. And so back in the day, there would be like these like six tips to do something, six tips to lose weight. OK, and it would be like 500 words. Right. And, and, and that would be the entire post. That's not really what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is is picking a number seven, 10 or 17 or something like that, to, uh, 17 ways to lose weight. And each way that you each tip in your uh, list is going to be like four to five hundred words long because you're going to go step by step by step how to do that. OK. And and so it's, it turns into a really, really comprehensive blog post, but it really works well because it demonstrates your expertise and what your company does. So that's that's my fourth framework. Next one is a case study and not like the 
500 word case study that is like part of like your Marcom thing that people put out. This is like an in-depth case study, almost like, uh, almost like a, uh, it's, you know, it's like a three, four, five, it could be a 2000 word blog post, a 3000 word blog post, whatever it is. And you're going to tell the story of either you or a customer or or a some somebody that you know or a company that you know of, and you're going to explain how they achieved the goal. So, you know how how I was able to grow a blog from a zero to 122,323 visitors a month. Make the make it as specific as possible, right? And I would tell that exact story in full detail, everything that I did. Okay, so again, it's not 500 words. It's not like the little Marcom communication thing. This is like a really enriched case study. So number six is going to be a, a how-to post or a definitive guide. And again, this is kind of like the case study, but you're not going to tell a story. You're just going to break something down step by step. If given the choice between the two, write the case study post because it's more, uh, put your, your customer, your reader into your product or service a bit more. But a how-to post is basically the same thing, but you're just going to break, you know, how to grow a blog 200,000 visitors a month or something like that. And then step by step, how, how to do that. Seven is what I like to, it's, it's called a, a pattern interrupt post. So let me explain what this is. Uh, when you're ranking and when you're, when your customer is searching for something in Google, they're going to see pretty much the same thing over and over and over again. Right. So let's say they're searching for how to write a, I'll give you a real world example with a client that I just had. And they said, the guy said to me, Greg, you know, I'm going to create a pattern interrupt post. And basically what he was trying to rank for was Tiffany corporate gifts. Okay. And what happened was when you Google Tiffany corporate gifts, most of the most of the posts are from Tiffany's and their lists of corporate gifts. And so he's a competitor to Tiffany's in the corporate gifting space and said, you know what, let's do a pattern interrupt. And we created a post called three reasons why a Tiffany's corporate gift is a bad idea. If everything on the list is Tiffany's uh, corporate gift lists and we're saying don't get a Tiffany's corporate gift, then they are that's a pattern interrupt and it works really well. And then the eighth one is is a jobs to be done type of post. And I could explain that really quick as well. So at Time Doctor, one of the features inside of our in the inside of the app was a timesheet software, an automated timesheet software. And so what we did was we created a post called free timesheet templates. And we ranked that post and it got like 10 or 15,000 visitors a month. And so what happened was is Every so often, actually 50 times to 100 times a month, people will come to that post, see the free timesheet templates and say, you know, what? I don't want to do this manually. I want to just buy a software that does this for me. And so they would buy the software. So take a feature of what your product or service is, write a blog post about it, show them how they could do that manually or by themselves. And a, a percentage of people who come to that post are going to say, I don't want to do this myself. Let me pay you to do this for me. And so those are my eight frameworks. Nice. So let's do a quick review. And I've got a list here for you. Cool. Alternatives, usually alternatives to competitors is number one. Number two is best category posts like list posts. Number three is 101 posts, like 101 email marketing software. Number four is a number post where you have an in-depth amount. So 400, 500 words for each one. Yeah, like a tips post. Correct. Yes. And uh, number five is a case study where you have a story that goes along with your in-depth case study and, uh, you know, have that kind of digital digital marketer style specific name to it. Right. The how I grew my email list to thirty two thousand four hundred and fifty six. You know, my favorite one, actually, I do it in my email presentation in my workshop all the time is the digital marketer one, which is how to grow enough food to feed a family of four in eight square feet of space. Oh, that's pretty cool. And that's like the old digital marketer one. All right. So anyways, number six is a how to or definitive guide, which is the same as a case story, but doesn't have the story. And 
Number seven is pattern interrupt. So like three reasons Tiffany's corporate gift is a bad idea. And number eight is jobs to be done, like free timesheet templates, which is brilliant because honestly, if I was looking for timesheet templates and I found out there's software that could do it, I would just buy the software. Exactly. You know, which is the point, right? Yeah, that's exactly the point. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, the majority of the Internet is of people who just simply don't have the, the money to do so at the moment for whatever reason and where they don't want to pay for something. But then there are who are like you or like, you know what, my time, this isn't worth my time to do it manually. Absolutely. You know what? That was a hard hurdle to get over in the early days of working was to be able to say, yeah, I can do this myself, but is there something else more valuable that I can be doing with my time than manually doing fucking timesheets? Because it's a horrible thing to do. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, I was just having this this conversation actually the other day. We were talking about, you know, the opportunity cost of doing certain types of work. And I was saying, well, I'd way rather be working on, you know, $1,000 an hour tasks than $20 an hour tasks when I can just pay somebody to do $20 an hour tasks. But anyway, somebody was like, yeah, but if we have $1,000 an hour tasks, then tell me what they are because I'll just do those and make the $1,000. But that's not really how it works, right? How it works is like, if it takes you 10 hours to build some kind of process and the websites and email and whatever else goes in to build something for your company, but that in the end is going to make your company $10,000 and it took you 10 hours, that's a thousand dollar an hour task. You don't just do the task and somebody hands you a thousand dollars, right? Correct. That's exactly right. It's whether it's like, you know, link building for me, for instance, it was, I, I created the process. It took me 15 hours, like you said, but it makes tens of thousands of dollars a month to, because I could, I'm able to hire somebody or a team to do that for me. Now it was follow the process. Exactly. You're exactly right. You know, there's also, when I was talking on the business builder throwdown, Holly Jackson brought it up. She was saying that it's super thinking time. It's that, that hour there too, that you put aside during the week to not have to do your work at work, you know, you're not dealing with vendors and customers and staff and, and all that other stuff. And you're not doing actual production work or something. It's time that you put aside to really think about and solve the big problems that your company has. That's, you know, what I would say is your thousand dollar an hour tasks, right? Yes, exactly. It's the thing that's going to take you from, let's say, let's say you're a I don't know, 500,000 in revenue this year, whatever. It, it's, the, it's the things that are going to take you from 500,000 in revenue to $5 million in revenue in, in a given time frame. Like that's your thousand dollar an hour. Like, you know, writing that email for a client or, or writing that blog post for a client, that's not going to take you to the, take you to $5 million in revenue. I actually learned that the hard way in my first agency. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, but building the the process so that it can be done predictably and repeatedly by someone who's not you is what's going to take you to that 5 million. Exactly. Right. Or whatever that number is, right. You know, if you're a freelancer that can take you from, you know, $2,000 a month to $10,000 a month, right. Figuring out how to get the procedures and, and stuff in place that you need and the processes and documenting them and making them functional and repeatable. Yeah, totally. You're absolutely right. It's uh, what can, how can you scale yourself is whether you're a freelancer who likes to do the production work or you are a, you know, building a service business or a software company, it doesn't matter. It's how can you scale yourself? 
Yeah. And there's stuff that, you know, I do up at my agency that probably should have somebody else doing at this point, but I kind of like doing it, you know, so I kind of hang on to it. But, you know, for the most part, we're, we're starting to move some of those tasks out to contractors and, and other people, but we're keeping the high level creative strategy pieces in the ownership camp and the production work in the, you know, staff contractor camp. Right. Yep. That's a lot of what we do too. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really the way to do it is because you want somebody who's got the vision, right. And, and has, and understands what's going to work and, and can make those leaps from, what the client is doing to what the, you know, the benefit of their, for their customers. And, you know, just like the idea of the free timesheet template, right? You can't write a process for creativity. No. Uh, it, the only thing you do is say, like, here are, like, so what we did was we did document the eight frameworks that we have. And uh, so that way somebody can come in and, and like, look at a SaaS company and say, what are your what, what does your app do? What does your software do? What are the jobs to be done within that software? And then, you know, we could kind of go through each of those frameworks that we said, okay, who are your competitors? So you can write an alternative post. Who, you know, what category are you in? So we can write a category post and all the way down through that. So the one that we typically, typically don't do that much is the 101 list post because that gets super expensive. But, uh, but the others we will typically, you know, because we have the frameworks done and we have like, what are the questions that need to be asked in order to complete each post? We are able to, we're able to kind of quote, uh, quote unquote outsource that creativity. Right. So you can, you can get the discovery work done through a process. Exactly. Exactly. And then once the person, the account manager knows who the, the client, you know, better, you know, better than it's like, okay, then they can use, then they can take their creativity and what they have in their internal knowledge and apply it to, uh, to what the client wants. But, you know, to get, to get off the bat, yeah, exactly. We have like the discovery questions and things like that and the discovery uh, information. So, yeah. So it does allow us out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you're creating teams, you know, then you can have somebody who has kind of that creative control over, over a, a process in a smaller agency. Yeah. Like in our agency, myself and, and Scott are in charge of that process because there is no one else involved in that smaller process. Right. But yeah, I think when it comes to, you know, these, these post frameworks, I mean, you talked about how you don't do the one, 101 post just because it's expensive because it's a lot of research, a lot of writing. Right. Are you generally going through the other seven and saying, look, here's the first seven blog posts that we need to build to make this happen? Or is it more like a pick one of these for this week's blog post or this month's blog post? No. So what happens typically is like we will just sort of we'll, we'll go through and we'll after we say, OK, here's the frameworks and here's the discovery. We'll go through and we'll do a, a keyword research and then we'll analyze the keywords and see what are the most relevant to your business and all that good stuff. And we'll then say, like, you know, our first our first five posts may be alternatives posts, right? Because they may have a lot of search volume. They might be really easy and they're super relevant to the business. That's not always the case, but, you know, that could be the first five posts right there. And then, you know, the next couple of posts could be a best category post because, you know, they're a small business accounting software, they're a startup accounting software, they are enterprise accounting software, whatever category that they might fit into. Like they are, you know, they that could be another another five to ten blog posts just right there. So, no, we don't, we don't really we don't go the here's the first seven posts and it's these frameworks. We do a keyword. We'll do a keyword uh, scoring analysis and we'll say, you know, take it from there and then kind of work the content around the, what, what the, the framework around the what the scoring uh, sheet says. Nice. So 
do you ever in your keyword research, do you ever land on, you know, something that has no keyword traffic, right? Kind of that blue ocean idea that, you know, there's something that people are going to be searching for, but they aren't yet. So we don't have historical data on it. Yes, we do do that from time to time, but we don't like make a, you know, we don't, we don't build our entire, our entire SEO strategy around it, but we will have like, you know, for lack of a better word, speculative posts that yes, we do. But, you know, we that to like once a month, once every two months, that kind of deal for sure. That's right. Speculative is good for your SEO, but you don't want to do it in your whole strategy. Just like crypto, just like crypto buying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't want crypto to be your entire fine, uh, retirement strategy. You don't want right. speculative to be you know, speculative topics to be your entire SEO strategy. Yeah. Cause when, when we're recording this, it's June 22nd, which is one of the biggest crypto crashes in history. <laughs> But it might be, you know, by the time we have this out, somebody might be listening to it and they'll be like, oh, but it all came back, you know, three days ago or whatever. Or it might have gotten worse. We don't even know. It's speculative. You're going to look like it's it's just, yeah, no matter what, if you hit, you're going to look like a genius and you look great. But if you hit, then, 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 you know, you lose the client or you lose your money or whatever it is. So, so yeah, we'll go, we'll look into like Google Trends or, oh, geez, what's that other one? Well, there's some trending tools out there too. Yeah, like we'll look at like the trending tools exactly, and if they're trend, if they seem to be trending up, even if there's like no search volume or historical data on the search volume right now, we'll try that post out. Yeah, for sure. They're great because non-competitive and people love to link it, link to them. And well, I mean, any content you can make where somebody's going to spread it for you or link back to it is a win-win-win. Exactly, because you get more traffic. You get increased search volume and the person who links to it gets to look good using your content. So it's a win for everybody. So if um, let's say you have a company that has like basically no content, they don't have any blog content, no articles or anything. They just got their homepage kind of stuff and they're they're just kind of getting rolling. Do you think that like is the start? Hey, let's do some keyword research and stuff like that. Or is there one or two kind of posts you think that people should kind of get writing that everybody kind of needs? Mm, that's a great question. So, so I've actually, I actually had a, a call with a prospect the other day and, you know, they were talking to me and they were like, you know, Greg, you know, what should we do here? And they were literally just, they actually had revenue, but from an online standpoint, they were brand new. You know, you look at this, it's like not high converting at all. And you're just like, so Basically, what I told them was this: make sure your site actually converts because there's no business, there's no reason to do any SEO work until your site is actually converting to whatever it is you want them to do: an email subscriber, a phone call, whatever it is. Make sure your site converts. Like that is step one. You could do that by spending a couple hundred bucks a month in pay per click or Facebook ads, or Google ads, or Facebook ads, whatever. But make sure that your Step one, then you can start once your site converts and you're like, okay, we're getting phone calls and you're like, hey, we want to scale up our traffic. Then you can start creating content. And I would start with either a an alternatives post, you know, list all your competitors out, all of them like a time doctor. And we would we had like 20 or 25 alternatives posts tons of them because they every time we wrote them, it was like printing money like we would people would just, you know, know, we would get like two or three trials a month or two or three customers a month from each post. Uh, each customer was worth twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars. Times that by you know fifty or twenty ish or twenty five posts, and you could do some math and figure out how much revenue you're making just on those posts per month. So write some alternatives posts straight away. 
second and these are a little bit more uh, these are typically more competitive but find best category posts like so you're a best you know like one of my posts is on my site is best b2b content marketing agencies right so that gets a little bit of traffic not tons but it's really really qualified traffic so start with those bottom of the funnel posts people who need your product or service right now build some build a great content around them build some links and rank those posts first and then start to move out into you know how-to posts or case study posts and things like that because those are really harder to rank and, you know, more top of funnel type of uh, traffic and content. Right. And so bottom of the funnel is, is people closer with more buyers intent. They understand like, you know, the product kind of thing. Top of the funnel is people who maybe don't know that there's even a solution to their problem yet. Exactly. Exactly. People who are at the bottom of the funnel are people who are looking for your product or service and have money to spend for it. Whereas top of the funnel uh, kind of content that looks really awesome in Google Analytics when your traffic like goes hockey stick up and to the right, but uh, those folks are typically like like you said, Matt, they typically don't have the they don't, they typically aren't ready to buy your product. They didn't even know you existed. They didn't know your service ex- or your product or service existed. They have no idea who you are. So there's a long there's a long way between I read your article on how to lose weight to let me buy your supplement. <laughs> you know that kind of deal. right? Yeah, there is. So. Greg, if somebody wants to, you know, they have a B2B SaaS company, they want to reach out to you to get more information on what you do. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Go to contentcompany.com and all my information is there. And if you want to connect with me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Greg Dineo, D-I-G-N-E-O. And Content Guppy is G-U-P-P-Y. Correct. C-O-N-T-E-N-T. So Content Guppy and the eight frameworks for SEO content. I think uh, let's just one, I'm going to run down one more time quick. Sure. Alternatives posts, best category list posts, 101 posts, a number post that has 400 to 500 words in each part of the list. And that's like an in-depth number post, you know, a case study that includes, you know, the customer story, a how-to or definitive guide, which is the same as a case study without the story, pattern interrupt, which is like the three reasons Tiffany's corporate gifts are a bad idea. Nothing against Tiffany's. I don't know if they're good or a bad idea. We're just using that as an example. And eight jobs to be done. That is like your free timesheet templates for the time management software. You know, and I like the, I really like the jobs to be done posts. They are, man, such a high converting strategy that almost no one uses. Yeah, they they can be like the reason I don't say start out with those at first is because they can be quite hard to rank depending on your industry is what I find. So but yeah, I love those posts. too. they work so great because typically they get tons of tons of traffic and they are with very high buying intent. Right. You know, if you're if your software makes, you know, everybody's software solves some sort of problem. And a lot of times it solves kind of it, it computerizes or automates a manual process. So templates to those manual processes are, are, are a really good way to kind of get that ball rolling. Hey, Matt, really quick. If you want, instead of going to the homepage, contentcompany.com, go to contentcompany.com forward slash marketing frameworks and you'll see a list of the marketing frameworks. That might be easier. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's good. Then you could just get a list from there and uh, we'll put that at the show notes. You can get the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast. And uh, Greg, thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Matt. It was a pleasure meeting. A pleasure being on your show. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. 
Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.